Welcome, friends, to our second season of the Reynolds Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and online at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hey there, rappers. Good to be back with you today. Hope you're having a wonderful day and look forward to spending some time together with you in this podcast. If you have noticed the title of today's podcast, then you're probably clicking on here because of an interest in this topic. And I want to begin by saying that the things that I'm going to share with you in this particular episode is based on some research that I've done over the past few years and also some information that has been shared with me on the subject of narcissism. Now, today I want to basically give you a rundown of about nine things that you can see in a person's life, or maybe even in your own life, to see whether or not narcissism is an issue, a problem. In order to accomplish that, I want to first start by defining what the term narcissist means, or being narcissistic. So everybody has their own definitions. If you go to you know the dictionary or you look it up online or even if you ask Alexa, you're going to find how all these different def- definitions of what narcissism is. I want to explain to you what I see and define it as, and then that way that'll help us in looking at these nine things and the nine characteristics of someone who could easily be um, attributed to having narcissism. When we define narcissism, I see narcissism as someone who has an inability to appreciate or understand the viewpoint of another person. Uh, They may be extremely vain, uh, self-absorbed. They may be a person who they're constantly considering their own views, their own opinions as the best. Uh, In any time there's a conversation, it is their viewpoint that's the only viewpoint that matters You'll see this characteristic uh, as we go through the list of nine things very clear. In in fact, even though you may not realize it, you've probably encountered people who have suffered on a great level with narcissism. Some are usually in positions of authority, um, and they're, they're people who like to be front and center. Now, they may not be in the very front of the crowd, but they're certainly going to push their agenda behind the scenes, very vocal, very visible, and uh, and extremely damaging to other people around them. So let me give you the nine things, and I hope we can get it all into one podcast. Um, I will say that I have some uh, family members who've been begging me to do this podcast. I've actually started it twice and stopped because I was afraid people might think I was doing this to try to call out an individual or a handful of individuals that um, that I personally know struggle with narcissism. And so I have, I've waited and waited until the right time to be able to uh, share this material with you. So it is uh, with some trepidation that I share it, only in order to help. That's the only reason why I would do this in this particular framework today on this podcast. So here are, are nine things that will prove to you an individual, uh, I feel, is struggling with narcissism. The number one thing, in my opinion, to see whether or not a person is a narcissist is if they are a perfectionist. And by a perfectionist, I mean they, are, they want absolutely everything 
perfect. It has to be exactly right. Some of you, if you have children, you've watched the Lego movie. You know, our kids used to always joke about that, that time when he says, all I demand is absolute perfection. That's narcissism. When you have your way and your way is essential, it's only your opinion, your thoughts, your ideas. Uh, that person says, this is, this is how I feel. This is what I want. This is what I'm going to accomplish. And you cannot, if that person isn't happy, no one else is happy. That is a sure number one sign that an individual suffers from narcissism. I mean, they have to have their way or everyone around them is going to be miserable. Their, their food is the best food. Their clothes is the best clothes. The way that they do it is the only way to do it. Uh, when it comes to teaching, when it comes to um, even public speaking, when it comes that nobody is better than this person. I mean, they are, every time something comes up, it's mine's the best, mine's the best. I'm the, I know what I'm talking about. And everybody else is kind of put on a lower pedestal than the individual who suffers from narcissism. They're unable to hear you out. They have no intention of doing or sharing any thought with you that is for uh, the greater good of the group. It's always they have to be the front voice. They have no intention of, of working through conflict resolution, which we'll get to in another part of, of this particular podcast, hopefully. Uh, it's just their way or the highway. They have to plan every vacation. They have to handle all the finances. They have to schedule all the events. They have to control the environment. If you go on a family trip, they plan the hotel. They plan the flight. They plan. They drive the entire way. They plan all the food. You cannot do a single thing on that trip without going through this individual. That is a sure number one sign of narcissism. So absolute perfection. Number two is no apologies. A narcissist will not apologize because it's never their fault. So your relationship is plagued from the very beginning with the blame game, and I'm going to deal with that next. That's number three. But this is a dangerous game to play because when you have someone who refuses to apologize for anything they've ever done, and I've encountered people like this that no matter, you can have it recorded, you know, you can have screenshots of their text messages, you can, you can take a precautions to document every single word that's said, you can have witnesses come in and say, I've seen you do this, and they will not apologize. Now, this is a major warning sign. If you are in a relationship with someone who cannot and will not admit when they are wrong, you need to run. You need to run. You cannot live with someone, work with someone with this kind of an attitude. They need serious counseling because no one is perfect. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does things that they don't, they wish they hadn't done. So in a healthy relationship, there has to be apologies to say, I am sorry. I am wrong. I made a mistake. I hate to hear when people say, well, if I have offended you, doesn't that rub you the wrong way? If I've offended you, or if this has happened, that is a sign of some, if they do that frequently, of narcissism, that they do not want to admit that they have made a mistake, that it's not their fault. They will, they will get people to surround them. They always have their cronies, people that will, they will go and they will, they will support them. They'll stand up for them. They do very little of it themselves. They, they push the buttons of other people. They hold information uh, from other people and they push them to a point where those individuals do all the work for them. Occasionally, you'll see them out in front, you know, with the loud voice and telling people what to do. But most of the times, it is pushing and prodding other people 
to do their bidding, and that's extremely dangerous. So if you if you know someone like that, you definitely need to keep them in prayer. And if you're in a relationship with someone like that, you definitely need to seek some counseling. And that individual needs to seriously get some help because you cannot be uh, healthy and successful in a relationship unless both people realize that they're imperfect and that they they need to apologize. Number three, the shaming and blaming game. An individual who is a narcissist excels at shaming and blaming. They use covert ways. Other times they use blatant ways to play the victim. It's never their fault. They have a sense of entitlement. Everything belongs to them. You can't imagine anything their way. You can't see it their way. It's only them. This is the reason why for, for years people who struggled with narcissism may have been um, diagnosed as being schizophrenic or bipolar or some kind of a mental illness. And that may be the case, but usually it's just a classic case of narcissism. They just, they want it their way and they have an inability to see any other person's viewpoint. Now let me pause here and say also that I'm sure that all of us have occasionally narcissistic tendencies. We are selfish people. We're humans. But when you deal with someone who is full-blown narcissist, it's they have allowed that to be their ultimate goal, their ultimate uh, you know, objective, to push their agenda and their way higher and better than everybody else. One of the most effective ways to discover whether a person is a narcissist is when they make a mistake, how they react to it. Do they quickly blame everybody else around them? Do they, they, I've met people before, they've done something and they want to immediately blame a teacher they had in third grade, or they blame their parents, a kid automatically. It's my dad's fault. It's my mom's fault. It's the sibling's fault. It's never their fault. That's a surefire sign of somebody who's struggling with narcissism. Everything, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, everything's your fault, or it's going to be somebody else's fault, but there's, there's no way that, that a narcissist can exist without everything being the center of their world. They are the perfect one. They're in the middle. They will make you cut off all your friends, all of your family, anybody who doesn't see things their way, you will end up completely alone. And when the narcissist is done with you, they will drop you. And all those relationships you have severed will be nearly impossible to restore. They've cut you off from every other individual who could have ever given you any encouragement. They make it to where since they're the center of their own world, they need to be the center of your world. They will surround themselves with people that have low self-esteem, who are easily manipulated and controlled, and they'll throw their weight around, surround themselves with these people that they, they strategically put themselves in the center of this group. They're always more educated. They're always healthier. They're always smarter. They're the, they're the only person you can go to in a, in a situation. You've got to see what this person's point of view is. Uh, number four is gaslighting. Gaslighting is a huge tactic of someone who is a narcissist. Uh, I had heard this term. I had briefly studied this term, but it wasn't until a very close friend of mine uh, sat me down one day and said, let me explain to you what gaslighting is. And this is based on a movie many years ago, and I can't remember who starred in it, where uh, the, the individual in the story began to uh, change the environment in the house. And everything that changed, the man pretends that nothing's wrong. The woman's the one who's crazy. You know, it's, it's, she, he doesn't see it. He doesn't hear it. It's just her. And he's trying to gaslight her into thinking that 
you know, she's the problem. She's the one who's making the mistake. When you're, when you're dealing with a narcissist, what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to rewrite history. They will retell a story in every major detail and even some of the minor details where it paints themselves into a better picture. There will be things that, that you've been through. It may be, for instance, the way you met this individual. It may be an event when you were growing up that you inter- encountered this person. It may be in a marriage, you know, how you got married, how the proposal went. It could be how uh, the children were born, you know, and where you were when those events took place. It could be the changing of jobs or the moving from one place to another. They will gaslight you so hard and other people around you to say that's not the way it happened. This is the way it happened. This is the exact way. So they rewrite history. And so you'll hear things and you're, you're like, well, I, you're remembering that wrong. That's not how it happened. And they'll go back and forth and say, well, you're, you're just refusing to listen. You're, you're not hearing my point of view. You're not listening to what I have to say. These are the facts. And so it literally makes you think that you're going crazy. Again, like I said earlier, you may have video footage of it. You may have the copies of the text messages uh, and emails, and you could present it to them and say, look at what you said. Look at what you did. And they'll say, I didn't do that. You're misremembering it. You're, you're, you're changing the details when really they are the one who is trying to rewrite history. That is a, a surefire sign of someone who's struggling with narcissism. And we could do a whole podcast on gaslighting. And I want to recommend that you check out the Adult Chair podcast. There's a couple other podcasts that really do a great job on dealing with narcissism. I had to finally stop listening to them. I, I listened to them uh, for for a few years, and it's just it broke my heart to listen to these stories. It just it just to hear how people have literally been cut off from their entire family. They're all alone, and then the narcissist will leave them, and they they have nothing left. Uh, they'll take their children from them. They'll take their their family and friends from them, and they're completely alone. It just it it is so sad to hear people who've had to live with and deal with someone on that level of, of narcissism. But uh, number five is poor communication. There is zero, if any, if uh, there may be a little bit of communication between you and a narcissist, but it's only to twist and to, to be able to make it be seen their way. There's no real healthy communication. And you may just simply want to talk about a problem. Let's see the, let's say that you see, something happening that might might foretell of something in the future if you don't shut it down immediately. And so you sat down with them, you try to convince them that there's a problem, an issue, and you, you've carefully considered it, you've weighed your options, you've prayed about it, you're, you want to talk to this person about this issue, but as soon as you sit down to talk about it, they're going to shut you down immediately. They're going to either convince you that there's no problem at all, or you're the problem and you need to handle it, uh, but they are absolutely not going to pursue any conflict resolution. A narcissist hates counseling, hates it. They do not want to meet with a counselor unless they can twist them to their viewpoint. They do not want to meet with someone who is a psychologist or a uh, psychiatrist. They don't want to meet with a doctor unless they can make sure that that individual sees it their way. The really neat thing about this is when you do sit down with a counselor or with a life coach, with someone who's experienced dealing with narcissistic people, you're going to have your eyes opened on how much this person has truly, you know, dominated you and ruled your life. And when your eyes begin to open, you come back to have a conversation. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be hard 
but you you will have your eyes open. You'll be awakened to what's really going on. And when when you have a person who's in the middle of a conflict, who says, I don't want help. I refuse to go to counseling. I do not want to talk about this. I do not want to hear what somebody else's perspective is. That ought to be a major, major red flag, specifically concerning marriage. I encourage couples to go through premarital counseling for this very reason, to find somebody. And I would encourage you to find somebody that's not a family member or friend or even your own minister. Find somebody with... uh, you know, great experience doing this, somebody that can offer a, uh, you know, a different perspective, not a one-sided viewpoint, and let them sit down with you and talk to you about how to heal, how to grow, how to deal with conflict uh, in a good, healthy marriage. And oftentimes, uh, premarital counseling, usually the minister sits down with his Bible and reads a few scriptures and say, hey, y'all willing to do this? And you both say yes, and you jump right into it. And that's not healthy. You need to have, I do six sessions with couples that are wanting to go through premarital counseling. We deal with everything from finances to family values to uh, how you, how you want to handle your raising of your children with the discipline and things like that, educational level, everything. There needs to be some major compatibility, and that has to be exposed at the very beginning uh, or there's going to be trouble down the road. So as I said, there's there's poor communication. Everything's your fault. Uh, number six is conflict resolution. There is no resolution with a narcissist. You have no choice but to correct yourself. You have to change your direction because they're going to push you in a corner. And, and if you try to sit down and communicate with them. They're going to come out fighting. They're going to defend their territory. They're going to defend their arguments. They're going to defend their opinions. And they'll do that with reckless abandon. You're going to end up spending most of your time spinning your wheels, being forced to apologize just because you're trying to keep the peace. There's no resolution with a narcissist. You have to change. You have to do it their way. A narcissist is going to be drawn to somebody who has strengths in certain areas so that they can exploit them. Uh, If you're, say, for instance, someone who's extremely spiritual, they want that because they want to seem spiritual themselves. Uh, If they, if you have someone who's extremely educated, they want to have, tap into that so they can look educated themselves. Uh, They want success. I've seen so many couples where the individual who's extremely narcissistic will push and push and push and push until the other person really is at their breaking point and they end up losing their job or they end up losing their family and then the narcissist will just leave them because they have used up everything they need. They've sucked all the energy, drained them financially, they've drained them spiritually, they've drained them physically and then they're going to just move on down the road and find somebody else to use and abuse. So a narcissist is going to be drawn to people who has certain strengths, but when they see it start to crumble and they can't dominate you anymore, they're going to abandon ship and they're going to blame you. They're going to turn all your friends and family against you. They're not empathetic. Uh, they need they need codependent people. And once you once you decide that you can't do it anymore, they're going to just dump you like a bad habit. Um, they're going to prey on individuals that have a difficult home life. They're going to prey on individuals who have suffered through abuse and neglect. Uh, they prefer introverted people, but not not too much uh, um, with individuals who are extroverted. Uh, there are occasions where you'll have somebody who's extroverted, and they'll use that for their, you know, for their um, their own benefit because they can kind of get behind that person and push them to say the things and do the things that they want. Number seven. Uh, 
you're the problem. <laughs> this is huge. You are the problem. They are the solution. A narcissist is going to convince you that you're crazy. They're going to gaslight you. They're going to blame you. And you're going to doubt yourself. You're going to question everything you do. You might end up going to see a counselor or a psychiatrist yourself because you think something's wrong with you. You say, I don't, I don't know why I feel this way. You know, I'm being convinced that something that I saw or that I did didn't really happen. That's the manipulation. And the narcissist is always going to point to you. They will, if you ever sit down in counseling, if you can get them there, they will, they'll do nothing but talk about how you're the problem. They don't, and they'll, they don't want to have counseling with you in the room. They want to do it where they can get the counselor alone, tell them all the terrible things about you. Uh, If they can go first, they'll do that. If you, if you force their hand to, which is very difficult to do, but if you get them to go to counseling, they're going to blame you. They're going to say, you're the issue. You're the problem. You're the one who's wrong. Um, a narcissist has to get you to question everything, your views, your belief systems. They're going to gaslight you, manipulate the situation in an attempt to put themselves as the victim. They're going to convince people that you're the one who did what was wrong. You're the one who made this fall apart. They're going to redirect your memories. They're gonna, this, and by the way, this is psychological abuse. It's a destructive way to brainwash you. And they see people who are weak-minded and they're going to have, it's not just a heavy influence over the spouse. If you want to see manipulation and narcissism at its best, watch how they handle their children. If there's ever a divorce, the narcissistic person has to pull all the children to their side. They do not care about that child's future welfare. The only thing they care about is that those children are on their side. They have to see everything from their viewpoint. They have to cut off all communication with the other spouse. That you cannot have any conversation with the other parent. It has to be completely cut off because they're crazy and they don't know what they're doing and they're manipulative and they're evil and they're abusive when really... In most cases, the other individual is was just trying to work through things, just trying to survive, keep their head above water. But the narcissist will yank the towel, yank the, yank the rug right out from underneath you, and, and everybody around you will think that you're the one who has made these mistakes. And it, so it's psychological abuse. They'll, they'll have influence over children. They'll have influence over people. They'll have influence in their social media pages. Um, and and you'll, you'll find yourself believing them. They're so easily persuadable. You know, they, they are persuading. They're able to tell you something and you just you automatically go with it. Um, and it's very hard when the woman is the narcissist because people do t- have a tendency to believe the woman. They do. Uh, and when it's the guy that's the narcissist, sometimes they'll say, well, he's just... You know, he's just authoritative, but it is, it is clearly, it comes from both sides of the aisle. But these are, this manipulation, this blame game, these narcissistic tendencies are the techniques that are used by cult leaders, by fascist dictators. It's effective, it's traumatic, and it affects a great number of people. Number eight, I got two more real quick. The first, uh, the first of these last two, number eight is that they are high drama and low self-esteem. They are frantic. They love the drama. They're going to erode your self-esteem to produce a toxic home. And that is where they show favoritism towards one individual. They will show favoritism towards one child until that child is out of the house. Then they will focus on another child to be their favorite. If if one of the children uh, breaks the, um, how should I say this, breaks the bonds, you know, and says they're going to get out of the house, they're going to do their own thing, and they marry off, 
then the the parent, this narcissistic parent, will focus on the other child. They'll they'll say, well, now this one's my favorite. And favoritism is extremely dangerous, by the way. Uh, this also happens with spouses. They will they will dominate the spouse, put them in subjection. And then they will begin to dominate and put into subjection each one of the children until every single person in that home, they're like little minions doing what that narcissistic parent wants them to do. They have to abide by those rules. Uh, In a business, it is extremely difficult to work for someone who is narcissistic. Uh, You you come to work scared, you leave scared. Everything you do, you are so worried about getting their approval. And I mentioned earlier that in a home situation, they will usually pick somebody, a narcissist will, someone who has had a tough home life that maybe has little, if any, attachment to both parents. And they will say, I'll take this role on and be this uh, mothering or fathering figure for you. And uh, they that, that helps them because they like the chaos and the drama and the confusion. Uh, and and that ends up being the top thing in the relationship. You know, I I pulled you out of this. I took you out of this. I I helped you through this difficult thing, and now you owe it to me. You you need you need to be you know you need to be uh, understanding of me, and you need to support me, and you need to do what I say because I have saved you. And so when you begin to cross the line with a narcissist, and when you confront them especially when you present them with the facts, which they hate the facts that they can't manipulate. They will break in a way that you will see them cry. You'll see them throw tantrums. I've seen uh, narcissistic people literally throw themselves in the middle of the floor and kick and scream and uh, you know go into closets and throw clothes and shoes and things like that. I've seen people with narcissistic tendencies that have broke down in public uh, in, uh, say, restaurants or in stores, convenience stores, anywhere they are. Once they reach that breaking point, they are going to throw a fit. They will act like a little child and they, it will result in violence. The, the dangerous part about dealing with narcissism is once you, if, if you have the strength to confront, which usually people wait until it's so far out of control that they, they don't know what to do. But when you do have the strength to finally confront it, it's going to be like the end of your world. It's, I hate to say it, but it's going to be like hell on earth for you. Because once you do finally confront them, they're going to use these manipulative tactics and they will eventually become abusive, physically abusive. The mental abuse is already present. This is why when you see these character traits, you need to get some counseling yourself. And if you can get them in there, you need to do it. It's very hard. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very hard for someone who has these characteristics to change because they have been used to doing these things their entire lives. They learned it. They may have learned it from a parent. They have learned it from a, uh, you know, a, a grandparent or a close friend. But more than likely, they've been raised in this environment where this is what they, they thrived on. Usually, it's like the favorite child syndrome. I've seen this a lot where... The, the child was raised in a home where they were told they were perfect. You know, they never got any spankings. They, you know, were a straight-A student. They never did anything bad. And so they come out thinking they're absolutely perfect. They've never done anything wrong in their life. And they've never experienced anything like that. And so then they will, they will begin to kind of assert themselves as being this, this narcissistic person. There's no kindness. There's no empathy uh, unless there is something they can get back in return. 
finally, the last thing, and I know we're running out of time here, is they do not like boundaries. They do not like boundaries. A narcissist will never respect your boundaries. They're going to they're gonna tell you they don't have to respect your boundaries. They don't feel inclined to respect your boundaries. They're going to act completely different when they're out in public. If they need to look good, they'll look good. But when they are in front of you individually, there's going to be neglect. There's going to be manipulation. They have no problem not talking to you for two, three, four days. If you're in a marriage with, with someone like this, they're going to withhold uh, sex from you. They're going to withhold affection from you. Those are all manipulative, abusive tactics. They may tell family members and friends, you're the manipulator. You know, I'm, I'm scared of him or I'm scared of her and you've got to help me. Uh, and so you're going to be left alone. And they're gonna, they may show up at your workplace. They may, they may interfere with your custodial weeks if you're dealing with a divorce situation. They may, you know, it's your custodial week and it's your event you're supposed to go to. They're going to pop in at every chance they get uh, because they want you to be afraid of them. And they want to manipulate others to turn against you. They're going to spy on you. They're going to try to get information on you. They're going to get your kids. If you're in a relationship with uh, a, um, a narcissist, they're going to use your kids to, to, to speak against you. And if you ever divorce, they're going to ask the kids to take photographs and take evidence to help their case in any way that they can. Because they're not concerned about the manipulation that has to do with the children. They just want to assert themselves as being, you know, number one, that there's, they're, the, they're the one that's right. They're the one that needs to be petted and taken care of. And they're going to create a world of covert tactics and manipulation, and they're going to get other people to play this game that are unable to shake free. Because if they do shake free, they're going to be shamed. They're going to have to admit that they were wrong. And so it becomes this, this huge game for them. And it's, it's dangerous for everybody involved. I've seen children who have taken their own lives because they, they did not want to be pitted between two parents. I've seen families destroyed because of trying to choose a side between one spouse or the other. I've seen businesses that could not make it because of narcissistic uh, uh, leaders that could not keep employees. They could not keep employees because they were so... My way or the highway and no empathy whatsoever to their employers or to their employees. And so when you, when you choose to deal with this, and, and hopefully you will, uh, don't use social media to combat someone who's a narcissist. You're in their playground if you do that. Don't, don't sit down with friends and family and try to convince them that they're wrong. They've already done that against you. If you're going to shake free from someone in a, in a, in a, uh, that it suffers from narcissism, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to get some, some professional help and encouragement. You're going to need to sit down with someone who can give you the tools necessary to get free from this relationship or at least get help if it's possible to restore the relationship. I'm not telling you that's impossible. I'm just saying it's really Difficult, And so you're going to need help. You're going to take it to prayer. You're going to take it to counseling, a life coach, someone who can assist you. And then if you have to walk away, it's, you're going to grieve it. It's going to be tough. There is absolutely no way that an individual can ever become what they need you to be or what you can be if you're not close to that person. So if they've cut you off, it's going to be for good until they feel like they can use you again. Relationships with the narcissist are always going to be one-sided. So there's no hope for cooperation or co-parenting or working things out in a relationship like that. They're going to try to take care 
of themselves and they're going to leave you vulnerable. So they're not going to allow themselves to be vulnerable. So you need help getting tools in order to help it. Uh, help yourself first, the self-awareness, how you can handle this individually. And then you can talk about repairing, if, there's, if it's possible, repairing the relationship with this person. And, and realize that this is, a, this is a choice that you have to make. You have to decide that it's, it's important for you to move forward in a positive way. Uh, and I'm not saying, obviously, I'm, I'm a minister, I'm a strong Christian, I believe, in, I believe in the home, I believe in marriage, I believe in conflict resolution. But I also realize from experience, from um, individuals that I have dealt with and, and people that I have counseled, sometimes you reach that breaking point where you absolutely have expanded and ex- ex- tried to, to, to fix, fix it yourself, you've tried to to deal with it in every possible way, and you are just at a loss, that's when you need to cry out for help. That's when you need to, when you've hit rock bottom, you, you, hopefully you, you can do it before you get there. But surround yourself with people that will encourage you. And I'm not talking about people seeking vengeance. I'm not, pe- I'm not talking about surrounding yourself with family and friends that are get on your side and go after them. I'm talking about getting tools where you personally can heal yourself and bandage up your wounds and then deal with the relationship at hand. And it's going to take a lot of healing, a lot of strength, a lot of, of help uh, to be able to get to that place, to get comfort. Uh, I wish we had more time today. I know I've gone a few minutes over, but this is a, a very difficult subject. These are nine things that will help you be able to see um, the true characteristics and attributes of someone who suffers from narcissism. If you're interested in more of this, I will probably drop uh, on this podcast later on the Facebook page some links to go to for other podcasts, some books to be able to study if you're dealing with this. And um, I, I hope I don't get a whole flood of emails of people that are upset that I did, did this particular podcast. If I do, I'll know where you're coming from. Uh, but I do know that, that this is a serious issue. It's something we need to pray about. It's something that we need to be educated about. And I know that it'll be a blessing to you if you're having to deal with someone like this to know that you are not alone and that you can survive it. I promise. God will be with you and there are other people out there that can give you the encouragement to survive this situation. I hope that you'll use this information in a positive way. Go out and make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus.